I'm a grateful alcoholic. My name is George. Uh, I always like to start off that I don't speak for Alcoholics Anonymous. No one has that right or that authority. All I have is my experience. And uh, the sixth step is a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, I get to live in it every day. Uh, I want to talk about my first experience with the steps. Uh, because when I first did my steps back in 94, I actually did four. I finished four. I did five, six, and seven all in a matter of seconds, and then my sponsor said, we're going to revisit six and seven. Uh, didn't realize what a journey that was going to be, that revisiting. Uh, my sponsor, when I did my fourth step, and I sat down and made a list of those more glaring defects, which was everything that I probably had on paper anyway, but the words I was putting out in front of him, he was keeping a tally sheet, and I came up with this uh, thing of defects, or this list of defects. And, I'm going to go over them in a minute. Uh, but the way I look at, and I want to talk about the way I look at this sixth step, uh, I got to look at four first. In the fourth step, I started writing the garbage that I would, wanted to remove from me. And in step five, and then I put that garbage in a garbage bag, and I was going to put it outside in step five and wait for God, who was driving the garbage truck, to come along and take it, which he did in step six because I was willing to let him have it. And as he's pulling the garbage truck down the street, I would run down the street and say, wait a minute, God, I want this one back. I still need this. And I got to talk about the seventh step for a split second. And then what I do learn to do is to recommit that back to God in step seven. So I believe that I built a house somewhere in between six and seven because there's not a day that goes by that my character defects do not show themselves in one form or another. It may not be the same ones, they may come out in a different way, they don't attack me the same way as they did when I first got here. Everything attacked me when I first got here. And as I stay here, I realize that I am given a daily reprieve of my character defects, sometimes not even 24 hours, the same way I'm giving a, uh, a daily reprieve from my alcoholism contingent on my spiritual well-being. And my, unfortunately, my character defects has a lot to do with my spirit. My spirit is not always is in the strongest place with my defects, some of the more glaring ones, as it is with my alcoholism. Uh, I can not have a desire to drink, but I still can go out and act like a, 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 a complete idiot on the road or not being courteous to somebody or not being considerate. And those defects are glare, and I don't want to be right, and you guys don't understand. And it comes right back, and it's New York Second. And that recommitting of that sixth step is a constant battle that I deal with on a daily basis. Uh, I don't drink over those things anymore, and that's real good. Uh, thank God for that, and that, that's where the grace of God came in and expelled that obsession to drink. But that sixth step is my biggest battle, and I battle with that step on a daily basis. And I don't care where I am in my recovery, I always end up going back to six because it's going to show itself, and that recommitment in seven. And we'll talk about seven more next week. This is the one time I could get to talk about all the negativity because my sixth step is about all my negativity. Uh, and the negative things that I walk into the sixth step with, and the biggest one that led my, my list was anger. I was so full of anger and rage at everything and everybody, and it was everybody's fault about what was going on in my life. I had the avoidance. I wasn't going to tell you the truth. I don't need minimize, and I'd maximize. Uh, I had alibis. I had apartness from you guys. I was accusing everybody. I was ambushing myself and everybody around me. Uh, I had anxiety. I was aggravated. 
Uh, I had all kinds of barriers. I was bewildered about what was really going on. Uh, I had bigotry going on. I was belligerent. Uh, I had bitterness. I was blaming. I was bluffing. Uh, I was beaten. I was bragging. I was still craving. In my sixth step, I still had cravings to drink. Uh, when I got to my sixth step, the desire to drink was not lifted from me. Um, I was cheap. I was controlling. I was cold. I was still cheating. I still was full of contempt. I mean, my favorite line in the whole big book when I got here was the back in the spiritual awakening where it says, contempt prior to investigation. That's how I lived my life. I was full of contempt. And when I came in here, I had just as much contempt as I did before I got here. And the more you guys try to help me, the more contempt I had. Um, I was criticizing. I was in conflict. Uh, I felt confined in the rooms of AA. I felt very locked in, and I didn't feel like I belonged. I was very apart from. Uh, I was criticizing, like I said. I was delusionary. I was dramatizing. I was different in my own mind. I was distressed. I was in depression. I had despair all over the place. Everything was a major catastrophe. I remember every time I go to my sponsor and I tell him what my problem of the day was, and he come up with a solution. And then one day he says to me, what's your problem going to be next week, George? And I started to tell him. I always had a problem of the day, and there was always something going on in my head, and the problem was between my ears. It was just that I was just so busy up there, and I had no way of learning how to calm down. Um, I was uh, dominating. I was, I was very dependent on everybody in here, but I didn't want to let you know it. I, I had uh, all kinds of deficiencies showing themselves. I was desperate. I refused to surrender. I was defeated, but I wouldn't want to surrender. I thought you guys were crazy, you know. Uh, I had defiance, I was, stayed deluded, I exaggerated, I had a big ego, I evaded, I, had, uh, I was in excesses, I was in envy, I had uh, extravagance going on. I had no money, but I had to take everybody out for coffee. It made no sense to me, you know. It's like the drunk who goes in and wants to buy everybody a drink in the bar and realize he has no money. and get somebody else to pay for it. You know, that's what I did when I first got here. It didn't go away because I stopped drinking. Uh, I had a lot of financial insecurity. My feelings were all over the place. Uh, I was fearful. I felt like a failure. I was frustrated. I liked to gossip about what everybody else was doing in the room because if I gossiped about you, I didn't have to look at me. Um, I had grandeur. I was still gambling. I loved to scratch us when I got here. Um, my language stunk. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, I was full of guilt. I uh, was carrying grudges to people in here, especially people who were very serene and had good sobriety. I didn't like any of them. I carried a grudge against a lot of them for a long time. Uh, I was gluttonous. I was grandiose. I had a lot of hate. My feelings were hurt by everybody who said anything. I felt humiliated. I felt hopeless. I felt helpless. I had a lot of hurt pride. I was hiding in the rooms. I used to go to six meetings a day because that's all I had. If I had 10, I would have stayed for 10, so I didn't have to go out and work, so I can hide in the rooms of AA at the beginning. Um, I felt helpless. I had a lot of hurt pride. I was uh, very hypocritical. I had a lot of indifference. Uh, I was immoral. Uh, I was insincere. I was insecure. I felt inferior. I isolated in the rooms. I love isolation. That's my, probably one of my favorite defects. I do it today. I could do it in a full room of people. Uh, it's probably the one that keeps me safe a lot of times. And then they go to the other extreme where I uh, push you away because I hacked out inappropriately. 
at you. Uh, I was inconsiderate. I justified. I was jealous. I was lustful. I was lonely. I had no confidence. I was lazy and I was lying. Uh, I was mean. I was manipulative. I was miserly. I was melancholy. I was maladjusted. Uh, I was obsessive. I was objectionable. I liked oblivion, and you know, I, I talk about oblivion. I don't have to drink to sit in oblivion. I can sit in a room and space out and have that same feeling of disconnection from every human being and God that there is. And it's not isolation. It's just that I'm just not in touch with anything. There's no reality. Um, uh, I was still obsessive. Um, I was still proud. I still had a lot of oppression. I, I was very uh, opinionated. I was proud. I procrastinated. I knew I was powerless. I was perverted. Uh, I was persecuting. I was power-driven. I had panic. I, had pre I wanted prestige. That was one of my pow higher powers when I got in here. Uh, I had pride. I had personal flaws that I did not even see. God bless sponsorship. Uh, I was promiscuous. I was prejudiced. I believed in retaliation. If you hurt me, I would not get even. I would win. And it didn't matter how long it took. Uh, I had remorse. I wanted revenge. I had resistance. I was reluctant. I was revolting to a lot of people. I rationalized. I rebelled. I felt superior. I was self-destructive. I scorned. I had self-interest. I was, had sloth, self-sufficiency, self-will, uh, self-loathing, self-righteousness, smothering, stuffing, skimping, self-centered, self-justified, shy, uh, secrets, shortcuts. I don't know how many of us, my sponsor said, write down something, oh sure I will. What's the easiest softer way? Ask somebody else how they did it and just take notes from them. I used to do the cliff note versions of doing work when my sponsor <laughs> asked me. I used to say, and it was hard for me to get uh, that discipline that was, I was very undisciplined. I was stubborn, I was self-deluded, uh, I was self-deceived, I was full of sin, and sin to me is what this is all about. And my definition of sin is anything that's selfish in nature. And that's what this is all about. My, my defects all have to do about my selfishness. Uh, I was tormented, I was terrified, I was still a thief, I was still unmanageable, I was unhappy, I, was, I had unreasonable demands, I was unprincipled, I played the victim a lot in these rooms, I was uh, looking for validation, I was vengeful, I wallowed a lot, and we call that uh, poor me's, self-pity. Uh, I was full of worry, I had a lot of wrong thinking, I did a lot of wrong actions. Uh, I was willful, I was wasteful, I was full of worry, and I was warped. Now coming in with that into my sixth step, the only good thing I had going for me when I saw all these things that my sponsor and I listed, the only good thing I had going for me is that I didn't drink. And they told me it didn't matter what I felt or what I thought or what I wanted, as long as I didn't pick up a drink, somehow or other these other things would straighten themselves out. Um, the positive things for me in the sixth step is all about the prayer, the action, and God's grace. That's really what the sixth step's all about for me. Um, the inappropriate behavior, and I'm one of those that... Uh, I'm one of those that jump on people when I see them acting out inappropriately because there's certain things I just don't believe. Nobody ever denied me my recovery and I hate when I watch other people deny someone else theirs. And I get real, I take that real personal. Uh, and that's just something that I learned when I got here. Uh, you know, I am responsible today, anytime, anywhere someone's in trouble. 
that my, not my hand stands out, but the hand of AA stands out. And all those people that spent the time giving me the love and direction, it would be wrong for me to sit down and watch somebody kill somebody else. And I watch it a lot. And I say things a lot. Some people like it, some don't. You know, how do I get to this place of seeing all these, this awareness that I got of all these flaws that I didn't even believe I had till I got, when I got here? I thought I was a pretty nice guy, and you guys just didn't understand. And if you lived the life I did, you don't understand that all these things are just a warped way that everybody else looked at me. I didn't have any of these things. I'm different. Uh, I'm grateful for my sponsor who sat me down and uh, with a fifth step. And you know, we, I wrote out my fourth step, and all this stuff, all these words, and all these things were in my fourth step. My 28-page immoral inventory I talk about all the time, uh, which it was when I got here. I don't take immoral inventories anymore. I've learned what morality is about in these rooms. And, you know, I sat down and I came, he came up with this list with me and I did my fifth step and I didn't feel real good after my fifth step. I don't know about anybody else, but if you get this awareness that you're carrying all this garbage, yeah, I'm willing to let God have it, but not all of it. I like my lust issues. I like when a pretty woman walks in the room. I still like when a pretty woman walks in the room. I'm not that healthy in certain areas, but I do know I don't have to act out on it. And that was the gift that I was given. I, you know, my, uh, Bob used to say to me, and Larry also used to say to me, he said, George, if it's not true, don't say it. And if it's not yours, don't take it. Now, that's a real simple statement. But that's really what my six steps all about. Knowing my right from wrong, my morality will get someone else in this room drunk. Their morality might get me drunk. And I didn't know what morality was when I got here. So, you know, my sponsor asked me when I got uh, done with my fifth step to go home, take the book down from the shelf in step five, and find a quiet place where I can be quiet for a half hour. Reviewing what we have done, we thank God from the bottom of our heart for we know him better. Uh, we look at the page we'd add, uh, which contains the first uh, five proposals, which is the first five steps, uh, and we ask uh, if we admitted anything. Well, I did a pretty good first step. I mean, I knew I was palace and unmanageable. I knew I folded my cardboard box up in, uh, under the 59th Street Bridge when I came in here, and I really didn't want to open that up again. Uh, I didn't think alcohol was my problem. I knew that my ex-wife was my problem. I knew my life was a little unmanageable. I knew when you spend, you're making $1,600 a week rent and you're living on the streets because you don't want to spend money on rent, and you think that's normal. There's something very wrong with your thinking. I think that's a little unmanageable. So I needed someone to point that out to me. Uh, and, and I got to that point. And I, and I came to believe in the second tradition, there was a loving God in these rooms. So I knew that was in place. I saw the other people, I got hope, and I didn't, I saw people that were really happy in these rooms, and I didn't know how to get it. Uh, my third step uh, was, uh, you know, made a decision to turn my will and life over to care of God as I understood him. Uh, it's not what it says. That's what I heard. It's as we understood him. And the only thing I understood about God is that he didn't like me and I didn't want to talk to him. Uh, so my sponsor asked that if I would be willing to turn my will and life over to care of the rest of the steps. Which was what I did in step three. That was my decision. And then I wrote that in moral inventory and we're going over the fifth proposal. I'm right where I am. And uh, I didn't admit anything. And it says, uh, if you can answer to our satisfaction, not to my satisfaction, but to my sponsor's satisfaction, because I did this with him before I went home and took that extra hour. Uh, we look at step six. And it says, we emphasize willingness as being indispensable. We are now ready to let God remove from us. We're not ready to let George remove from us. I'm not ready to let Bob, my sponsor, or Larry, or 
John M. or any of the other people who were blessed in my life when I first got here to tell me how to live. Because no human power can relieve my alcoholism. And that's real important. And no human power is going to validate me either. Now, I didn't know that when I got here because the first person I turned my will in life over to was care of was my sponsor. Uh, and um, we ask God, if, uh, 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 are we now ready to let God remove all these things which we have admitted were objectionable? Can he take them all, every one? Now, that's a pretty big list. Now, I was not letting him have them all. Some of them I like. Some of them I still like. But I don't tell God that he can't have them. Uh, I believe some of my defects of character are not removed from me, as I was told. And it's not a rationalization for me anymore. Uh, I believe God gives, uses me an example to teach other people how not to behave sometimes. Some of those defects of character he wants other people to see so maybe they can learn something. Uh, some of them he's taken from me already. Not all of them, some of them. And I believe all my character defects are right under my skin. They never go away. And I believe they can show themselves at any given time. All, you know, I, I need God's guidance when it, they show up. Uh, and it says all we have to do is be willing to let God have them. You know, uh, it goes on to explain that any person capable of enough willingness and honesty to repeatedly try step six on all his faults, without any reservation whatever, has indeed come a long way spiritually, and therefore entitled to be called a man who is sincerely trying to grow in the image and likeness of his own creator. Of course, the often disputed question is whether God can and will under certain conditions remove defects of character will be answered with a prompt affirmative by almost any AA member. To him, this is not a, pro this is not a proposition. Will be, this proposition will be no theory at all. It will be just about the largest fact in my life. I will tell you that when I first came in here, my language was real bad. I like to do things with uh, my experience as well as what, I, what I've learned along the way. And my experience is what I learned along the way is every other word was a four-letter word and it was not. There's a couple of them were clean mother, the, and, you know, a couple of them, not many. But most of the four-letter words I had were pretty raunchy. And uh, I did that to impress people. I, you know, it was also a way to keep people away from me. You know, that was what I did. My, my, my language stung. And my sponsor used to say, garbage in, garbage out. Clean up that mouth. Because, you know, you don't go away. And I always tell the story about when I learned to take stock in that. Uh, he said, you don't go to the doctor and say, doctor, I'm here, fix my effing problem. You don't go to the bank and say, give me my effing money. You don't go into a church or a temple or a mosque and say, God, I'm effing here. So why do you come in here and disrespect this room like that? Two by four. I don't know if anybody understands that. But that was a two by four for me. So I stopped, every time I started coming out with poor language, as I like to say, I started apologizing to a group of people, and if you're like me, you don't like to tell anybody you're wrong or you're sorry. So it got real easy for me to start cleaning up my language. Uh, today, I find it offensive. Now, if somebody needs to get it out that way, that's not for me to judge, but it's for me to be aware of my language, not what they do. It matters what I do. So that, that's one of the things. So, uh, and God removed that from me. Uh, he removed some other things, like uh, I, don't, I don't speak badly, I never spoke badly in the rooms about my ex-wife. Now, that doesn't mean that I didn't speak badly about my ex-wife, I just didn't do it in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. I did it elsewhere. Uh, you know, and my, my sponsor says, why are you beating her up so you look better? You are an absentee father. You better own up to that. Uh, 
I hurt another two by four about some of my behaviors. So in a very complete, complete and literal way, we've become entirely ready to have God remove the mania from alcohol from our lives, and God had proceeded to do exactly that. You know, when I got to my sixth step, I, had no, I, I, I thought about drinking, I kind of contemplated drinking, but I really didn't have a desire to go out and get drunk. I was given a gift that the desire to drink was taken away, not the thoughts, just the desire, and that confused me. But as I stayed here, even the thoughts started going away. So God started removing that mania of the drink from me. Uh, he also removed the mania of getting a job being, you know, what I do is not who I am. And that was a whole mania going on because I was a workaholic as well as an alcoholic and I was, uh, had all kinds of issues going on. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I love when my sponsor used to say, George, the problem is never the problem. The problem is your attitude to these problems and your attitude needs to be adjusted. And those are your defects of character. Uh, it tells us that, so with the very, A has become entirely ready to have God remove the mania alcohol from his life, God proceeded to do that. Having been granted a perfect release from alcoholism, why then should we not be able to achieve the same means of a perfect release from every other defect or difficult that, that we have? The riddle to this, uh, to our, the riddle of our existence, and the full answer, which may be only in the mind of God. And like I said, it's not for me to figure out what God wants to take away from me. It's still for me to act my way in a better thinking and be the best George I know how to be, uh, without being offensive to other people. To practice little things like kindness, consideration, uh, to be giving, loving things that I didn't know how to do when I got here that the people in these rooms taught me how to do, to be of service. You know, I, I, I always talk about how I handled uh, my defects of character. I didn't. My sponsor put me at a door and said, say hello to everybody. You may be the only example of the big book. Fold chairs, mop floors, make coffee. Those are the way I started acting my way out of the selfish and self-centeredness, which is my favorite way of saying sin, selfish in nature. And when I became giving, I became more godlike, uh, or I hope to have. I have become more godlike. Uh, it says when women, men and women pour alcohol into themselves, they destroy their lives. They commit an almost unnatural act, defying their instinct to drive for self-preservation. They are, seem to be bent on self-destruction. They work against their own deepest instinct. Uh, I'm going to tell a story of a young lady who right now is in an institution, who this weekend tried it one more time, and uh, unfortunately, uh, it almost killed her this time. And uh, I was talking to someone today, and he said, pray for this person, and he mentioned the person's name, it's not important. And as soon as he said that, I says, I've just been trying to help her. And uh, we're gonna talk about this person later, but it was a wonderful thing to know that we're all on the same road in the same journey, we're just on different spots in that road. And we don't shoot our wounded. And I'm grateful that, you know, not only am I able to be there for another human being, that other people that I didn't even know knows that this person is doing the same thing I'm doing. We're asking God to take care of her because we can't. And that's a gift that the sixth step gave me. Uh, it is nowhere evident in our life that our Creator expects us to fully eliminate our instinctual drives. That's a very important statement in the sixth step for me because instinct run amok is what I did my whole life. 
I ran on what I thought and what I felt. And uh, God gave me instincts. Uh, it's when I far, let them far exceed their normal intended purpose. Now, what my normal intended purpose and my instincts and what someone else is in this room may be miles apart, but it's my morality that I got to find. It's my conscience that I got to live with, not someone else's. And the sixth step started giving me that. Uh, it says, since most of us are born with an abundance of natural desires, it isn't strange that we often let these far exceed their intended purpose. When they drive us blindly or willfully man that we, they supply us with more satisfactions or pleasures than are possible to us, that is the point which we depart from the degree of perfection of God wishes for us here on earth, and that is the measure of our defects, or if you like, our sins. And that's just what the 12th and 12th talks about. Uh, and then it goes on to ask, uh, it goes on to say, if we ask God, he will certainly forgive our derelictions. You know, I can ask God to forgive me, and I know he has, but that's not an excuse for me to go out the very next day and have that same behavior. Uh, that's an excuse. It's not an excuse, you know, in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, hidden in our fourth step. Uh, it, there's a, my, one of my favorite lines. It says, uh, if we're sorry for what we've done and we ask God to take us to better things, we'll be forgiven. But if our conduct continues to harm others, we're going to drink. We are not theorizing. These are facts that are our experience. If I'm asking God for forgiveness, I better be willing to meet God at some point, halfway by my behavior. If I continue to behave like an idiot, then I'm going to get treated like one. If I continue to have disrespect for other people, how can I expect anybody to respect me? And that was hard for me, you know. Um, how many, it talks about, so step six with Tyler Abgar, God remove these defects of characters. A is a way of stating the best possible attitude one can take in order to make a beginning on a lifetime job. This is not going to happen overnight. I'm here a long while now, and my character defects still beat me up, and they still hurt me. And I still have a 10th step later on to go back to, uh, so, which will let me see what those defects of character are. And I have a great support group that are going to let me know what's going on. And I have a wonderful sponsor that takes no nonsense from me. All these things lets me know when I'm acting in a manner that's not appropriate to be a, a productive member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, this does not mean that we expect all our character defects to be lifted out of us the way the drink, the way the way to drive to drink was. A few of them may be, but most of them we shall be content with patient improvement. The key words is entirely underlying the fact that we want to aim to the best we know or can learn. Uh, one of the gifts that I've learned that this is a great measuring stick for me, when I look at my character defects and I see the behaviors that I had when I got in here and the behaviors I have today, how many different things, how many different ways I don't behave anymore and how much I've improved but how much room I see for more improvement. You know, the fifth step, humility talks about being right-sized. Uh, about talks about getting right-sized, and if I'm getting humble, which the seventh step is going to talk about again in step five, and I can see it in step six, as I stay here with time, I get to reflect back and see those things, those flaws in my character, which I want removed. See, the ones I want removed, I know how to do that. I can work it into a good habit. It's the ones that I want removed that I can't stop that run me. 
that are so subtle, that are underlying, that I need the help of a loving God and people in this room to guide me. See, it's not about me fixing me. It's about emulating the people that I saw when I walked in here who had something I wanted and I didn't even know what it was and I didn't know how to get it, but I stayed around them long enough and they directed me in how to behave like a person. I didn't know how to be a father, so my sponsor, one of my defects of character was when women came into the rooms, I was told to go and ask if I can babysit for an hour. And uh, I used to go and ask, and then after about a month or two, I said to my sponsor, I'm tired of this. He says, well, you're doing it for a couple of reasons. I said, what's that? He says, that may be the only meeting that woman can get to, and you, you should be nice to her because you can always find another meeting. You're not working. And I said, okay, I'm still tired of it. He said, the other is you can practice being the father you never were. Ouch. You know, there's my character defect. It's all about me. And then I realized it wasn't about me anymore. I was being of service. So I got to work on not knowing how to be a parent, becoming a parent to other people's children in these rooms who didn't have parents. That's a gift this program gave me. And that's part of my character defects that my sponsor worked with to show me ways of getting around it. And the reason I'm telling you this is my sponsors get a little assignment. And when we make this list in the sixth step, the first thing I had to learn to do was um, take this list and write all the opposites, all the assets to that. And then I had to go out and buy a whole bunch of poker chips and put the negative in red on one side of the poker chip and on the other side a positive in black. And then I took this whole list of character defects, all 160 some odd of these that I had, threw them in a bag and every day I was to put my hand in that bag and pull out one. And every day I'd look at the asset, look at the defect, and look at the, I work on the asset on a daily basis. And it's amazing when I'm upset or I'm in fear, how many times fear came up? Or when I'm angry, how many times anger came up day after day after day until it went away because I had to work on the opposite. We'll talk about the opposites next week. And that's what my sponsor had me doing. It was a way of me working on it. The other thing I had to do is get on the longest line and be nice to everybody. Walk to the corner from that halfway house around the corner. I used to have to walk to the corner across the street to go to the little 7-Eleven across the street or the uh, little uh, uh, shop over there. I was not allowed to walk on the grass. I had to follow the signs. Uh, I loved the one that uh, I was hearing all my friends get, which was drive the speed limit. And I said, I can't wait to do that. He says, George, you don't have to worry about that one. You don't have a license. Uh, <laughs> but I wanted to do that one because uh, I knew I could do that. You know, that's the way my mind worked. So, you know, these little defects of character, I was acting my way out of them. I just didn't, you know, and God was meeting me, and that's part of one of the things. They didn't go away, and they've never been taken away. Removed means to put aside. It doesn't mean it's gone. So they've been put aside in my life, and uh, by my behaviors, will depend on whether how they come back, if they come back. Some of them are completely gone. Um, it says... Many will, will at once ask, how can we accept the entire implication of sticks? Why, that's perfection. Uh, I was given the um, task of reading a book called The uh, Spirituality of Imperfection by Ernest Kurtz. Uh, and that book talks about, as a human beings, of how we become, the, the best we'll ever be is perfectly imperfect. And if you're a perfectionist like me, that is a wonderful, safe place to know that I don't have to be perfect anymore. And that was my, one of my assignments on, on my sixth step. The other one was another non-affiliated uh, piece of literature called Drop the Rock. Uh, my sponsor, I was uh, in this situation and I was 
just holding on to it. I wouldn't let go. I could not get a third step going. He suggested that I go get a rock outside. And I picked up this rock, and he told me to wash it off and put it in my pocket. And every day he'd ask me if I was carrying it, and I said yes. He says, you ready to let it go? He said, no, then you carry it. About two weeks later, I finally said I'm ready to let it go. So he told me to put it up on a shelf, because I'll probably pick this particular defect back up. Uh, I haven't picked up that rock in a long time. But it's a good reminder, whenever I have a defect, I always take a pebble. I walk around with a pebble uh, for my smoking to remind me. It's my little rock to remind me that I don't want to pick up a cigarette. It's my way of reminding. It's my little rock that I carry in my pocket. So I don't want to drop that rock so I don't pick up another cigarette. So these are the ways I learned to work on my character defects through good sponsorship. And it says, um, it says, this sounds like a hard question, but practically speaking, it isn't. Only step one, where we made the 100% admission that we were powerless over alcohol, can be practiced with absolute perfection. The remaining 11 steps state perfect ideals. They are goals towards which we look. They are the measuring sticks by which we estimate our progress. The only urgent thing is that we make a beginning and keep trying. Uh, if we were to gain any real advantage in this use of this step on problems other than alcohol, we shall need to make a brand new venture into open-mindedness. We shall need to raise our eyes towards perfection and be ready to walk in that direction. It will seldom matter how halting we walk. The only question is, are we ready? You know, in the back of our spiritual experience, it says there are three essentials to, re uh, to recovery. One of them is honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. Those are the essentials. Uh, I became willing when I came in here to ask for a sponsor. I became more willing in a third step to go forward the steps. I became more willing to take on service commitments. So whatever, what, I had to become willing, which was a new surrender. In the sixth step, it's asking me to make a new commitment to a new kind of willingness. A willingness to look at those flaws that are within me and to work at their removal and meet God halfway. One of my favorite lines in, is in the 12 and 12. It says, God will not render us white as snow without our cooperation. Another line in that we talk about is, faith without works is dead. And you know, I hear it in the rooms all the time. God will not do for you what you can do for yourself. The bottom line is this. If, if I'm going to work on my character defect, not that, he's gonna, that I can remove them, to meet God at a certain degree means I have to act my way into a better form of thinking, which means that I have to become more appropriate with my behaviors within myself for my, for what's right for me. Can't tell anybody else what's right for them. I was having that conversation with somebody on the way here uh, about giving out somebody's phone number. So when I get to the sixth step, I'm very confused. And I'm not feeling real good about myself. But the good news is that the seventh step is right behind it. And what I have written in the back of my sixth step was what I believe the sixth and seventh step is about. In the top of my uh, sixth step, it says, Stop doing what's wrong. Not stop doing what's wrong to everybody in the world. It's stop what's doing what's wrong for me. So I have to stop in the sixth step, what's doing what's wrong. I know what's right and wrong. I always knew what was right and wrong. I just feel bad. I have this little barometer now inside me that when I'm doing wrong, I feel it. I didn't feel it for a very long time. And that barometer is my guiding guidance now. And you know, what, what I believe the sixth step is, the, the, the whole essence of the sixth step is what we are is God's gift to us. What we become from doing a sixth step is our gift back to God. So 
I have to learn to act my way into better thinking. I have to learn to follow rules. I hate two words and I love them because it explains to me where I am in step six. One of them is discipline, the other is obedience. And it's not to another human being, it's to a loving God who I didn't understand when I got here. And in step six, I have to have these conversations that he walk into my life and clean up that wreckage so I can be of use to other people which we'll talk about next week. Thank you for letting me share on Step 6.